0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Knocking at the door. Amen. And this is part two of our series, Unstoppable. I pray that God will make you unstoppable in the mighty name of Jesus. In, in part one of this series, I mean, if you, if you missed last Sunday and you missed Tribe, please get the CD or download the messages online for free and, and listen to, this, um, to these words. And, and God will bless you, I mean, and change your life totally as you do in Jesus' name. And today in part two, we are looking at the power of we. Everybody say the power of We. Our God is unstoppable. Our God is totally unstoppable. In Isaiah 40, 25 to 31, Isaiah 40, 25 to 31, God is asking, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Look into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army. One after the other, calling each by its name. of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. So, oh Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see my troubles? How can you say God doesn't see my troubles? Oh Israel, how can you say God ignores my petition how can you say god ignores my cries how can you say god ignores my needs how can you say god ignores my rights have you never heard have you never understood that the lord the everlasting god the creator of the whole earth he never grows weak or weary god is not tired of your crying God is not tired of your praying. He's not tired of your petition. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He understands the situation better than you think he does. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in utter exhaustion. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar eye on eagles' wings, like the eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will be unstoppable. They that wait upon the Lord will become unstoppable. You know, one of the fears of our lives is how we are able to continue in what God has called us to do. You have the students that is worrying, will I be able to pass the next exam? We have husbands worrying, will I be able to provide for my family next year, the year after the next Will I be able to pay the school fees that are just going higher and higher? We have wives wondering, will I be able to satisfy my husband? Will I be good enough for him? After a while, we have people wondering, will I be able to keep my job? Will I be able to grow my business? And God is saying that if you put your trust in God... You will run and you will not be weary. You will mount up with wings as eagle as the eagle. You will run and you will not faint. One of the things that used to scare me, really, when I first started pastoring, is the fact that you know after every service, I'm always, always thinking, what am I going to preach next? Because Sunday comes so fast. Before you know it is another Sunday, then we have midweek service. You have to pick on Sunday, you have to pick on midweek, every Sunday, every week. I was like, God, will I run out of sermons? But I discovered this passage of Scripture and many other passages of Scripture that the source is undepletable. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is 11 years, the summons have not finished. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And God is helping us week by week, day by day. The point is this as long as you remain connected to God, you draw your life from God, then your life becomes unstoppable. Why? Because of your source. There is always more in God. There is always more in God. Everybody say, more in God. The church was founded to be unstoppable. And we explained that last week. We we unpacked that a little bit last week. And if you look at the same scripture in Matthew 16 from verse 18. Jesus speaking, he says, now I say to you, Peter, which means the rock, upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. My church will become unstoppable. That's what Jesus says. If you, the, the word church, my church there is, 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 not as we understand it today. I mean, I'm explaining it severally that it is not, it is rather an assembly of people. If you look at literal translations, like, like the Young's literal translation, you will see the word assembly, I will build my assembly. The root word is ecclesia. It means I will build my, my assembly, my people, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we've been told that you are the church and I am the church. That is individuals are the church. That is wrong. We are not, I am not the church and you are not the church. We are the church. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying. We are the church. The same way, the hand is not the body. The hand is a part of the person, of the body. The hand is a member of the body. We are members of the church. We are lively stones that come together to form a spiritual house for our God. So, we need to understand the power of we. Everybody say, we are the church. We are the church. And if you look at the, the shadow of the of, of, of New Testament, which is the Old Testament, if you look at Numbers 13, you see what I'm saying clearly in verse 30. Caleb said, when he silenced the people, he said, we should go up and possess the land. For we can certainly do it. It's the power of we. As beautiful as the power of we is, it also comes with its own liability. Because if we are not ready, an individual cannot do it. So, Caleb could not say, Behold, we are not ready, so I am going to take the mountain. I mean, what's going to happen? Caleb had to wait for we to be ready. And that's, you know, the beauty of marriage. Marriage is such a powerful thing that when we are walking, we are unstoppable. But when we, it's not working. we is usually as strong as the weakest person in we. We need to pull together again if you if you look at how things are set up. When you, when, you, when you are married, I've said several times, and, and I encourage men that if you are going, whichever, men, women, if you are going up spiritually, your spouse, you have to be going together. If one person is going spiritually and the other person does not move, what happens is that the person that is down is going to pull the person that is going up. And they're not going to meet in the middle. They're going to meet on the level of the lowest person. It can be challenging, but that's the reality. But when we is walking, and that's not bad English. I know some of you have been cringing we. should say we are, not we is. We is when we is working, we is unstoppable. <laughs> if you look at the Tower of Babel, God said, Genesis 11, that the people is one. God said the people, I use a, sing, I use a singular um, term to, to, to refer to them, is one. Why? Because when we is working, We is unstoppable. Amen. (laughs) You see, and, and that is why the enemy likes to isolate believers because the enemy knows that when we is one, we is unstoppable. So the enemy tries to isolate believers so that it can destroy the power of we. I mean, typical marriage, situation so you have husband sleeping and facing one direction husband's facing east wife facing west and they put pillows between them the wall of Jericho don't come to my side why there's only one person that benefits from that and his name is Satan and we lose in our marriages in the name of Jesus say amen say amen say amen. amen And it's so important that we understand that the enemy loves isolated people and he loves to isolate people. He loves to isolate people so that he can destroy them. And it is scary how isolated people are. We have people that are even in a physical place, but they are isolated. Physical place filled with people, but they are isolated. We have Christians that are saying, oh, pastor, I can, I can pray in my room. God will answer me. I don't need to go to fellowship. I don't need to have fellowship. I don't need to come to church. Sorry. It doesn't work like that. A Christian without a church family is an orphan. Ask your neighbor, are you an orphan? (laughs) A Christian without a church family is an orphan. The same way the hand, you, if, you if you go to the market and you see head without body trying to sell something to you, will you buy it? If you see hand just bouncing around in the market, what will you do? You <laughs> will run because it is abnormal. The members belong together. Atrophy is inevitable when a Christian removes himself from fellowship. The person atrophies. I mean it's standard. Atrophy is when when a member disintegrates, you know. So if you if you if you cut out when we were young, we used to do it for fun. You catch a lizard and you cut the tail. How many people did that? Don't look at me like that. Okay, 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 I'm not alone. Okay, somebody, somebody had two hands up. You, you grab the leader like this by the... Uh, then you cut the tail. What happens to the tail? It begins to dance and dance and dance. If you look at it, you think it has life, right? After a while, what happens to the tail? The dancing reduces and reduces until it's lifeless and still... Then it begins to decay. That's atro—that's atrophy. Then that member atrophies. The same way with fire. When you have sticks in the fire and you remove a stick, what happens? It still has fire, and that's usually the deception, you know. Some people say, "Oh, Pastor, I still feel goose pimples even when I stopped coming to church. When I pray, I still feel goose pimples. Really?" God say as many as are led by goose pimples are the sons of God. Church is not just a place you go for service on a Sunday. Church, beyond that, is a place where you build authentic relationships and you're going to see the value of building real authentic relationships of being in fellowship with other people there are many of us we, we come to church we, we, don't, we don't we don't know anybody we don't really want to know anybody we think Christianity is just to come to church after all I've, I've prayed today I've worshipped God I'm fine that's good but that's not enough you need to connect you need to make friends What's the name of the person sitting beside you? Not your wife. Look at somebody else. Ask them, ask them, what's your name? You're surrounded by your cousins. (laughs) Look to the other side of you. (laughs) Challenge you the people whose name you know now. I'm going to ask you these names at the end of service. Better ask again. (laughs) Some people you just asked it for asking sake. Hey, they are asking again now. Tell me, tell me. (laughs) Tell me. I want you to pray for them. Just pray for them because they'll be praying for you when you get home. Pray for them by name. When we come in fellowship and we do life together, you see, the beauty of it is that we are designed in such a way that our fellowship with God is strengthened by our fellowship with other Christians you are as strong spiritually really as the group of people you are moving with. (laughs) You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. When we do life together, we are stronger. When, when two Christians read the Bible together, they get much more from the Bible. You know that. We are stronger. When we stand with others, we are able to, be, I mean, the, the, the number one way of standing strong and not falling and be consistent in God is by community. Because nobody is strong enough to be strong every time. What is strong enough enough every time? We need one another. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, we do. You know, I say to folks that, and I've had people ask me, genuine Christians, and people that maybe just got saved and they're fired up and they're wondering, how are you, I mean, by the grace of God, 21 years, I've been working with Jesus, 21 years, and I did not backslide one day, one day, there was not one day, by the grace of God, that I had to say, oh, you know, uh, let me come back to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I've gone to the world. No, no, no. What? There's nothing missing there. I didn't leave anything there. Do you understand? I died to the world. Now, let me tell you the key. One of the keys. One of the keys is fellowship. I always surround myself with Christians. Oh, I have non Christian friends. Oh, yes. I'm getting a lot of non I've been a lot of non Christian friends these days. Praise the name of the Lord. And they have been converted. <laughs> but the point is this how can you stand that one day you didn't go back to the backside? One day, by the grace of God, 21 years. How? Simple fellowship. There are times I was weak that my friends will, will, will uphold me. They'll be praying for me. Fellowship. Fellowship. But you see, we, sometimes, you know, we are too arrogant. We are too arrogant. We are too full of ourselves. We think we know more than everybody. And sometimes, we are, we are too selfish. We are, we are too selfish. The problem with a lot of us is that we, we are too internally focused. It's just only about you, only about you, you are in any relationship. All your friends know, they know you, you're you a are very selfish person. I mean, somebody said to me, young man, just got married, said to me, says, Pastor, honestly, I like you, but I want to tell you, I'm a very selfish man. I'm very, very selfish. He says, My mother knows me. That is how I am. And I assured him that listen, you cannot continue like this. If you continue being selfish, if you like, n- number one, your marriage will not work. Well. That's number one. Number two, if you like, get married ten times, each of them will crumble until you sort out your selfishness. When you have two people that are selfish in a marriage, ah, uh, trouble. When you have one person that is selfless, one person that is selfish, the marriage will, will survive. Well, after a while, even that selfless person will say, ah, do you want to kill me? Uh, when we are in Relationships. We should think about the other person more than ourselves. That's how relationship works. That's how your marriage will work. You think about your husband more than yourself. There's a situation what will benefit this man. You're not thinking what will benefit you. You are saying, But Pastor, what about me? It's simple, it's his job. The husband is also thinking, what will benefit this woman? Guess what will now happen? Two unselfish people coming together. Boom. Praise the Lord. I want you to go home and sit down with your spouse and say to them, let us drop our selfishness. I admit I have been selfish. And you have also been selfish. <laughs> Let us drop our selfishness. And I will not fight for my rights. I concede my rights to you. You will not fight for your rights. You concede your right to me. Then see what's going to happen to that marriage was say, ah, Pastor, ah, ah. <laughs> That's dangerous. Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. Even when we come to church, you see, we spiritualize our selfishness. We spiritualize our selfishness. You see, many people, everybody that comes to gospel, it has by the grace of God, everybody goes blessed in Jesus' name. Yes. Goes blessed with overflowing cup in the mighty name of Jesus. But I've heard Christians say to me that, oh, I'm not blessed. I'm not blessed in my house fellowship. I'm not blessed in my church. And I think to myself, what if we come to church with a different mindset? What what if we don't come to church thinking, how can God bless me today? What if we come to church with a different mindset and think, how can I bless God today? What we change? What if we come to church? When we leave church, we we don't ask, was I blessed today? What if when we leave church, we are asking, was God blessed by my presence today? What if? That is our question. What if we are actually thinking about God being blessed. God has feelings. He has emotions. God feels pain. Says This thing you have done has pained me. Says so. God is a jealous God. He feels jealousy. God gets angry. Don't rebuke me in your hot displeasure. God loves. God can be pleased. What if we come to church thinking, how can I please God? How can I bless God today? Don't you know that when you put that thought ahead of your own priorities, when you put God's needs, as it were, above your own needs, don't you know that God will Meet your needs to the overflowing. Everyone, check the scriptures. God says, David, I found a man after my heart. This guy just wants to be with me. He says, A day in your court is like a thousand years. I mean, this guy just wants to love me. Solomon. Solomon gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and went to sleep. And when you put, when you, when you do that, and you, and you put that as, as your priority, what you are doing is that you are provoking a response from God. God, you see, because that's how love is. Do you know, do you know that love always provokes a response? If, 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 if someone says they love you, and they, 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 you keep, you know, you keep giving, and, you keep, and it doesn't provoke a response, they don't love you. Face it. Or maybe the love has grown cold. (laughs) Love always provokes a response. Love always, how can I respond to this? And God came to Solomon. Everybody was doing night vigil, praying, looking for God. God was looking for Solomon. I mean, where do you want to be? Looking for God or God looking for you? I didn't get it. I didn't hear you. That's the best place to be. God says, Where is Femi? I mean, if you are not in church, will God miss you? Let it be that when you are not in church, when one is not in church, God will say, Ah, if Femi were here now, I know. Someone will dance in a different way. Hallelujah. Someone will, will express unrestrained praise. And God can be touched. So God wants us to deploy the power of we. We cannot afford to be selfish. We cannot afford to sit down in our little corner and isolate ourselves from community. That is the recipe for destruction. When we are depressed, God I mean, on Wednesday, we learned from Anna. We learned how Anna turned her tears into joy. We learned that Anna was franking face. Then she began to share up. Deliberate, deliberate. (laughs) Some of you are conflicted. Did he just say share up? Yes, share up, share up. Say to your neighbor share up, share up, share up. (laughs) Now, how did she move from Franking face to to sharing up? How did Anna move? We learned that Anna found a safe place. She found a safe place. We all need a safe place. Anna went over to the tabernacle. She went to God's house where she can be and express herself. She found the same place. And like many of us know already, but in case you haven't discovered, God's favorite house is a safe place. Praise the name of our Lord. It is a safe place. Anna found a safe place. Then Anna didn't only find a a safe place. Anna opened up. You can be in a safe place and not open up. If you're in a safe place and you don't become vulnerable, you don't open up, people cannot help you. People cannot pray for you. People cannot minister to you. And God wants us to share one another's burdens. After the, the, um, the teaching on Wednesday, a lot of people began to open up. A man came to me, shared his problems. He said, I had that problem for about 10 years. And I've known this guy for about 10 years. And I had no clue. No clue he had that problem. The mistake we make is that we we are waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell other Christians about our problem. Holy Spirit says, no, you open your mouth and ask for help. It's arrogance. It's pride, really. He wants you to be humble. Ask for help. And since, do you know that I've not been able to shake off this man's predicament? I'm praying, I'm praying for him. I'm driving, I'm talking to God about this guy. And he has carried this thing for 10 years. And so, it, it means, and I'm sure it's going to be solved very soon by the grace of God. <laughs> so, it means that if he had kept quiet for another 10, he will still be in a safe place. There are Christians around you that can pray with you. I'm not saying you should come and tell me. Don't get me wrong. Is, is that okay? I don't expect a long queue after this <laughs> I'm of it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying we're a community and God has put people in your life that can help you. You are not designed to go through life alone. You might stay in depression alone. You might sit in depression alone. But you are not designed to go through depression alone. God always has a support system for you. And we learned from Anna on Wednesday that we need two types of support. We need relational support. Everybody say relational support. And she got that through Elkanah. Then we need spiritual support. She got spiritual support through who? Through Eli. We need support. Everybody needs support. We all need someone to lean on. Everybody. When we look at Ecclesiastes 4 9 to 11, we see four things that jump out at us. It says, Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. May you not fall alone. (laughs) Ah, in Jesus' name. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one person be warm alone? At the first service, somebody says, Blanky, duvet. (laughs) A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand how? Back to back and conquer. He says, two are better than one, but three are even better than two. For the triple-braided cord, Is not easily broken. Two are better than one. Three are better than two. Four are better than three. Five are better than four. What about ten? What about fifty? What about a hundred? What about a thousand? What about five thousand? The power of we, when we connect, we are unstoppable. And from this scripture, we see that when we deploy the power of we, we get help. That's number one. Obviously, we get help. If one person falls, the other will reach out and help. I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the time of your help, may you find people that will reach out and help. In the mighty name of Jesus. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Psalm 20, verse 2 says, May God send you help from his tabernacle. May he send you help from Zion. Secondly, not only do we get help, we get we find we get warmth. We get warmth. I'm not talking about only physical warmth. But you get intellectual warmth. You get people you can rub minds together with. You get spiritual warmth. You get people you can put your fires together and get a bigger bonfire. Not only do you get help and warmth. Number four, you get protection and victory. Protection and victory. A person. Standing alone can be attacked and defeated. That's why the enemy is trying so much to make sure that you are isolated. But it will fail. In Jesus' name. A person standing alone can be attacked and and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Physical, financial, spiritual, mental protection. If you don't deploy the power of we and you're not in community, you will believe anything. That's how people get sidelined with errors. We've I've been, I've been in fellowship, and somebody stood up to prophesy, and he prophesied. Then, you know, at the end, we called him, and we kind of explained to him, half of what he said was purely from God, but half was from his flesh. <laughs> so, th- 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 we helped him, there's no need to judge him, he has the gift, so we just helped him. Listen, this one is from God, this one has nothing to do with God. An arrogant person will not listen. If you don't listen, you know what, the, the path that is not from God will grow louder and louder. And the part that is from God will go quieter and quieter. You will still be hearing, but it will not be from God. The person, not you. Praise the name of the Lord. But when you're in community, you have protection. You have protection. (laughs) You have protection. I remember years ago, I mean, I was pastoring and... um, The earlier years of pastoring. I'm still in the early years of pastoring. You know? In my earlier years of pastoring. You know? Service like this. I think it was an evening service. And ministry, ministry, ministry. The Holy Spirit said to me that there are people here that had demon spirit in them. I'm not talking about people that are afflicted by demon spirit. I'm talking about people that, not that you had a bad dream. I'm talking about people that Operate demon spirit. So I stopped the service. I said, Sh- shut all the doors. <laughs> I was younger. And I was fierce. I'm still fierce, but I just choose my battles these days. I don't waste my time with uh, unnecessary things. But back in the day, anything, shakabula, you know. <laughs> so I said, I told the OSHA, lock the door. So I gave the call. I said you are in this service because I actually felt if you insulted. How can I be preaching and be demons? lie. I said, you are in this service. You're pre- demon spirit. I'm going to count. I can't remember. Maybe I said count up to five or count up to ten. If you don't come out now, fire is going to fall. One. Fifteen people came out. I was shocked. I was expecting one or two people. You know, so it was was an interesting service. We engaged, demons flew out of people, Jesus was glorified, people were delivered, you know. And, you know, when you dispossess demons, they go back to their headquarters, right? And when they get back to their headquarters, they we ask them, ah, what are you doing here so early? They say, that boy has come again. He sent us. Back in. Now, I didn't know what I know now then. There were things I was, should have done then I didn't do because I didn't know. So, but uh, there was like a, 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 a collab of attack at me back then. And just serious. I just got home and I, mean, I was like, what's this? You know? Went to the hospital. They said bacteria count was what alarming rates. I don't know, at, at the level. So they gave me all sorts of antibiotics. So I go home, I said to my wife, this one is spiritual and we have to tackle it spiritually. So I left home. I went to a secluded place. For three days, I shut down, and I returned fire for fire. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, yes. And three days, I was out, did the test again, everything gone. Glory be to God. (laughs) You know, you you have to learn. Let me tell you something. I, I, I must have taught you before. In spiritual things, you must always respond to an attack. You must always, always respond to an attack, no matter how small. You mu- if they if they if they if they if, if they come in one way, they must flee seven ways. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You know, you know, my, my grandmother used to say that. that I, I've said it before. That it is because of the leg of the elephant that you fight for the leg of the chicken. Do you get that? Three years, I think Jaffa said yeah. In You know what? Let me break it down. People are like, what does that mean? They're butters, What does that mean? What it means is this if you don't fight for the leg of the chicken, when the community now has the leg of the elephant, they will not regard you. But when you fight for the leg of the chicken, when the leg of the elephant comes, they say, Keep his shell. (laughs) President. (laughs) It is so important. It is so important. But where I'm going is this. I didn't fight that battle alone. My wife was at home praying and interceding for me. But beyond that, there was someone in um, used to to live in uh, Dolphin Estate at the time. He was driving out of his house to go to work. And the Holy Spirit said to him, go back to your room. And he went back to his room and the Holy Spirit said to him, lock the door. You are not going to work today. Now, can the Holy Spirit tell you that? That's just take away. Go and wrestle with that. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit said to him, you are not going to work today. You are praying for Femi." and he prayed for me from morning till evening intercede meanwhile i was in a secluded place right engaging spiritual warfare god raised a believer to pray for me now what if i didn't have that relationship what if At the time of need, there's no one to stand back to back and fight with you. The question for you and I is that, are you that person? Because you will reap what you sow. Oh, yes. If you have been praying for people on the time of your need, guess what will happen? God will raise people to pray for you. So can God stop you and say, ah, my dear Daughter, you won't go to work today. You'll be praying for this person. What will you say to God? God, God cool down, cool down. You know that we have to pay bills. You know that. You will, you will shut him up. You will not shut him up. A lot of people will shut him up. Thinking, what kind of request is that? Can't he pray for himself? But may God make us people that we seek to please him more than him to please us. Praise the name of the Lord. So God says one we put to flight a thousand. Two we put to flight ten thousand. Matthew eighteen nineteen. I tell you this If two of you shall what? Shall agree as touching anything they ask for. It shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. So not only do I get help, not only do I get warmth, not only do I get protection and victory. When I deploy the power of we, I have dominion. I have dominion. Verse 12 says, And three are even better. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. When we deploy the power of we, we are unstoppable. And you see, the truth is this. When we come together. The truth is that we are not all in right standing. But First John 1, 7-9 when we come to fellowship, we have fellowship with, this, with him and with the blood. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You see, there's Power in coming together. I was sharing my, um, I was reading a, sharing how I was reading an account of a man that was in the occult, actively in the occult. You know what it said? This man is now a Christian. He said in the occult world that they used to wonder why do Christians come in twos for evangelism? That Christians, anytime they go for evangelism, they're always going in twos or in threes. And they didn't like it. You know why they didn't like it? They said that when they come in twos, sometimes, or threes, one person is in, is in fornication. Is not living right. He says, so they have their own uh, scanner. So when they scan, they say, okay, this one is, is in perpetual rebellion. <laughs> and he said, that they they usually will want to attack such a Christian. But he says, the light that comes from the remaining two usually covers the third one and they are unable to penetrate. He says, there's nothing they will try, they will not penetrate. Even the one is out of line with God because we went for evangelism. That one is protected so he says that what it does, does is that he says they request that they don't want they are busy that day or they, they don't want to listen that day that that one should come back tomorrow that is the only one they like. If you go virginism and they say you are the only one they like. <laughs> of course you should go back because you are you are in right standing with God. President of the Lord. and no weapon formed against you will prosper, <laughs> you know. But 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 it's, but what he says that most of the time, it never the person never comes alone. But the time they make the mistake of coming alone, it, it now describes what they do to the person. Now my point is this: even though one person had issues, there's what they call a corporate anointing covers the person. I play sports. I play different types of sports. And I think that children should be exposed to playing sports. I'm not saying they should be forced to play sports because some will not be good at sports, at physical sports. But they should experience it. They should experience team sports and they should experience Solo sports. Team sports like football, like basketball. They should experience that. They should experience solo sports like tennis, like sprint, like golf. They will learn amazing things about life. When you look at the team sports, life is a team sport. Christianity is a team sport. The team you are on determines a whole lot about the outcome. If you are the best striker in the world, for instance, and you don't get supplies, your wingers are not crossing, your midfielders are not creating the chances, you can't score. If you get angry, like I have done many times, and you go back and pick the ball, by the time you get to the midfield, they've stopped you. Because everybody will be on you. So, you need your team. Praise the name of the Lord. But, the flip side is also the case. If you're in a team of the best of the best, the finest footballers, imagine, imagine for a moment, you're in a team and the team has Neymar as Messi, as Cristiano Ronaldo, as Suarez, as Xavi, as Iniesta, you have Aguero, you have on your, your goalkeeper, you have um, Manuel Noah, you have Thiago Silva, you have David Alabar, left back, you have, those are the finest Ballers and they now give you a Jesse on that team. Now, question, question. Will the team lose? Ah, but you, are, you, are, you have a Jesse now. But you are playing, you are starting. I kid you not, that team will not lose. But guess what? You are in God's baby house. Yeah. Look to your right and to your left. Can you see the spiritual Ronaldo, spiritual Messi, spiritual Neymar? <laughs> it doesn't mean you won't bring your best. It means that we can do a whole lot more than I. And that's so powerful. Back to that scripture. That you read uh, in, in um, Numbers 11. Caleb silenced the people before Moses. I said, we should go up and possess the land. We can certainly do it. So what I cannot do, we can do. What you cannot do, we can do. When the Jews took the land, that was when Caleb got his own house. If Caleb says, I will go alone and get my house, what will happen to Caleb? When the Jews got the land, that was when the tribe of Manasseh got their own portion, allotment. The power of we. Join a life group. Join a unit. Make friends. Pray for someone. Find somebody that will pray for you. Don't let this week go. You know, sometimes when we hear the word like this, in fact, you are saying, Pastor, I want to start now, 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 now. Please start now, 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 now. You're saying, but I don't have, I can't find a life group that suits me. Start one. If you start one, I will come and be your first member. The pastor, you promised though. I didn't promise. I just said... Okay, I will come, really, I will come. I won't, I won't, I won't, I I won't be your member, but I will come. The point is this. You cannot just hear a word like this and just let it go. Do something about it. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Think about what you are going to do and pray about it. Pray about what you are going to do. The actions you are going to take. The name of the person that you know already now. Pray for them. Pray for the neighbor on your right, on your left. Oh, Father, we thank you. To be a member of this team, to play in this team you need to be born again, you need Christ, you need to, to be in sync with God you are saying, pastor I want to give my life to Jesus or oh, I used to be with God I'm backsliding, I want to come back to God Can you pray with me, yes I want to pray with you if that is you, wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward, put up your hands now, over your head Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. You put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, over your head. Shoot it up, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep it up. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Put it. Put up the hand. They will slip a card in your hand. Keep the hands up until you get a card. Once you have the card, you can put it down. The rest of us, let's pray. For some of us, we need to join a life group. Why don't you pray, say to the, to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to join a life group. Some of us, we need to start a life group. Some of us, we need to join a unit. Oh, bahakinani, eze, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. We pray for everyone that is surrendered to you today, my Father. We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon these lives. Change these lives totally. Let your name and your name alone be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we afraid. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord for his favor and kindness.